I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is rapprochement still possible? A thick fog of propaganda has enveloped the war in Ukraine and in Israel and Palestine and made it impossible for us to see very clearly what's happening on the ground. So much disinformation prevails. Yet certain developments tell us the warmongers have not completely won and peace still has a chance between Russia and Ukraine and between Hamas and Israel. Is a rapprochement between America and Russia and between America and China still possible? This remains an open question. In Ukraine, the reports regurgitated by local commentators claim that the armies on both sides are ready to collapse, weighed down by the high combat casualties and their depleted military supplies. Each side has its own panel of experts forecasting the inevitable doom of the other. But the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, in Washington, one of the more reputable U.S. think tanks, has reported that while Russian arms production remains in high gear, the U.S. arms production has slowed down and would not allow the U.S. to engage Russia and China simultaneously in two fronts, should the contingency arise. The U.S. could run out of long-range precision-guided missiles after a week's time, should an armed confrontation with China over Taiwan ever break out, while the U.S. is still engaged in Ukraine. Thus, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, appears to be eyeing possible negotiations with Moscow after rejecting a peace accord already reportedly initialed by Russian President Vladimir Putin and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in March of last year. Contrary to all the worldwide disinformation on the war, Ukraine appears to have lost all self-confidence it could survive a long-term confrontation with Russia with its 750,000 troops, thereby forcing NATO's strongest member to recalculate its military position. With over 300,000 Ukrainians dead, so many more wounded, over 10 million displaced, and a substantial part of Ukrainian territory occupied or destroyed, NATO's plan to punish and destroy Russia for its invasion has failed. Until now, Ukraine has depended on American money and arms to keep its war against Russia going. But with the Israeli-Hamas war now overshadowing Ukraine, and war against Hezbollah in Lebanon and possibly against Iran looming on the horizon, Ukraine may have to go the way of other countries after a brief period of failed U.S. engagement. It may be left holding the proverbial empty bag. In the Israeli-Hamas war, the humanitarian tragedy of countless dead women, children, sick and elderly civilians piled up where they had fallen has forced the the warring parties to accept a four-day truce mediated by the Emir of Qatar, Sheikh Tanim bin Hamad al-Thani, and Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi, to enable the release of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza since their October 7 attack on Israel in exchange for Palestinians held in Israeli jails. Although Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says he has no intention of ending the war until all of Israel's objectives are achieved, and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is more complex than one can imagine, the humanitarian pause has introduced a temporary and limited cessation of hostilities that could extend into a longer period of peace, depending on the results of the agreed four days. Away from the theater of war, U.S. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping have met on the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, APEC, forum in California to show the world they are trying to manage their superpower competition as responsibly as possible so that it does not spill over into armed nuclear confrontation that could extinguish the human species.
The meeting has given Biden an opportunity to say that a stable relationship between the world's two largest economies, as well as between their two powerful military organizations, is good for everyone and that the U.S. would be de-risking and diversifying, not decoupling its economic ties with Beijing. At the same time, it has allowed Xi to assure the world that China will not wage either a hot or cold war against any country and will remain focused on lifting as many poor people as possible from poverty through its Belt and Road Initiative, BRI, and other economic programs. China is ready to be a partner and friend of the US, Xi told the APEC summit. Together, the two countries have led the world in lifting over a billion people out of poverty in the last three decades, he said. Without trying to oversimplify the complex international situation, these statements are, by far, the most constructive and encouraging statements the world has heard from the leaders of the two competing superpowers. They deserve all the encouragement and support from everybody else. The Philippines, with its mutual defense treaty with the US and its own maritime dispute with China, should welcome this development and seize the opportunity to compose its own differences with Beijing while it pushes the two super-rivals toward a meaningful rapprochement that could lead to lasting peace in the world. It would be quite a shame if, instead of becoming a part of this great global enterprise, the Marcos Jr. government would try to convince itself that the best thing it could do is to get the US to become militarily involved in its own problem with the Chinese Coast Guard in the South China Sea. Stott out at gmail.com.